In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen, wishing you a blessed fast of St. Mary and feast of St. Mary, God willing, on Wednesday. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, well, let me give you an example. Whenever you're like looking for a, a job and, or, or and going through interviews, you always look for uh, to do your best. And then when they identify somebody, uh, you always want to find out, well, what did this person have that I need to work on, achieve to, to be able to compete? And this is natural. So one of the things that I would like to focus on and discuss a little bit about the virtues of St. Mary. And the whole goal is that it's important. Yes, we fast the fast. We don't worship St. Mary. We ask for her intercession. Uh, but when we fast the fast of St. Mary, we also need to learn and, and, and some of her virtues that we need to apply it in our life. If you fast two weeks and the end of the, the two weeks, you're the same, no virtues, nothing has changed. Becoming vegan for two weeks, well, there's a lot of vegan people in L.A. Doesn't make, doesn't make any difference. So there's got to be an important something to change in our life. So we'll talk a little bit about the virtues of St. Mary, and maybe we'll hone on one of them, and, and hopefully we, 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 and we and I, and I encourage you to, to identify something that you want to take with you, something that you want to actually change from tonight. When you look at the way Israel was, all the Israel, the young ladies, all the Jewish young ladies were waiting for the Messiah and they were hoping that the Messiah would come from them, would come through them. And in the fullness of time, as in Galatians 4, 4 teaches us, that the Father chose St. Mary and the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and ultimately gave birth to Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, uh, our Savior. And, we, and, and the question comes up is that when, when, when in the fullness of time, when God is looking, who's going to be appropriate to be the, 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 the mother of, 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 the, of the Messiah? And not only that, but it has to be someone that is able to take uh, and, and could bear the glory. Because that's a lot of glory. When you all of a sudden realize the angel comes to you, Gabriel that stands in the presence of the Lord is speaking to you, there's got to be a level of the person is have to be able to bear that glory. And when you look at it, it's like the, from the divine incarnation, from the apparition of the angels, from hearing that all the generations will bless me. And then, and not only that, but then when, when her child was born, the Magi came and worshipped him. So with all this glory, and of course all the miracles, and with all that glory, that did not decrease her humility. That did not decrease humility. So one of the things that we, uh, that the virtues of St. Mary, she's very humble, and with the magnificent glory that she experienced, did not decrease her humility. Not only that, but she even actually knowing that she's giving birth after angel, that the angel, the archangel came and told her, Going, giving birth to the Messiah, when she heard that her cousin, or her, 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 her Elizabeth, was was pregnant and going to give birth at her old age, she ran to her. She in haste. It says that she went in haste, and we're talking about miles distance while she's pregnant. So here you're looking at a humble person. The reality is, is that when you really consider what we do sometimes today, not 
giving birth to the Messiah, but any little thing that happens to us, whether any little achievement that happens to us, we run to Facebook and we got to let the whole world know. And we got to proclaim it to everybody. But then in the case of St. Mary, one of the things that you notice, when she went to Elizabeth, she didn't say that the angel appeared to me. She didn't say any of that. She went to serve. And I want you to kind of think, if I'm in her place, what are, oh, you won't believe Elizabeth what happened? Did this and this and this? And, no, she didn't do any of that. But the thing is, in her responses, when you read in Luke 1, 38, very humble. Behold the maid servant of the Lord. When she, She's responding to the angel. And then in Luke 1.48, it says, For he, the Lord, has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, his slave, and made great things for her. And that's in Luke 1.48. So humility is one of the big virtues. And I want you to evaluate how humble am I? and How, how do I deal with that? You know, I'm, do I need to work on this virtue? And, 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 and I ask the intercession of St. Mary to help me in this virtue. Another virtue that St. Mary has is endurance. The reality is, is that you probably think St. Mary had it made. She, was, she gave birth to the Messiah. She had it made. The reality is far from that. At the age of eight, she was, she, her parents departed. So she endured that, 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 that she no longer had the, the, you know, the father or the mother. And then she was in the temple. She lived in the temple. In the temple, there was solitude, I'm sure. Uh, she endured that. And not only that, but when she was out of the temple at the age of 12 or 13, she actually was entrusted to a carpenter. She endured poverty. St. Joseph the carpenter. She endured poverty in that sense. And not only that, but when she gave birth, there was no place for her in the inn to give birth. This is the middle, you know, a child giving birth. Not only that, but when she had baby Jesus, there was no other place to put him but in the feeding trough of the animals where they ate from. But not only that, I want you to think of endurance because we sometimes go through little things and we think, oh my God, that's a lot, I can't bear it. But not only that, but when you imagine somebody that just gave birth in a manger, not in a hospital, you know, five-star with all the things, the precautions. No, in a manger. Then she had to flee. The angel came and says, no, 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 no. Take your baby. Get up and flee to Egypt. And even in Egypt, she had to endure because every town they entered into Egypt, when baby Jesus entered, the idols were toppled. And then they realized these idols were toppled because of this baby that just came in town. And they had to, you know, tell him, no, you got to get out of here. And then she had to, she and St. Joseph had to go to another town. And that's why when you go visit Egypt, you'll find that there's a lot of places in Egypt. They tell you, the Holy Family visited this. The Holy Family, why? It's because every place they went when the idols were toppled, they would kick out and they say, go to the next town. And then they had to flee. So fleeing all that, and then of course going back, and then seeing the suffering of our Lord and, 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 and the sword that pierced her heart on the cross. So she endured a lot. And one of the things that we want to learn, do we need to work on this virtue and endurance? And I ask you, if you need to, if they're going through a tough time, ask the intercession of St. Mary. Through the intercession of St. Mary, Lord, help me endure these trials in life. So here is another one. Faith without grumbling, in spite of whatever is going on, she had faith, purity, virginity, that chastity, 
she was, we believe in her of her virginity, virgin before Mary, before before giving birth, while giving birth, and uh, after. So perpetual virginity. We, we we don't believe that she never married. She was betrothed to Saint Joseph the Carpenter. So that's something that we need to look at: purity, modesty. Uh, how you know when you look at how she's dressed, she's always modest. Even in Indian icons, and is that something that I need to? And that comes from the inside, and that's what we wanted to talk a little more about: is her inner beauty, her inner beauty. One of the things that when we say beauty, the first thing that comes to our mind, especially in the society that we live in, is the outer beauty. We really focus a lot on the outer beauty, and the reality: God doesn't look. That way, he doesn't have that. Uh, he doesn't focus on the outer beauty. Wanted to give you this example. Say you have this Kleenex box. So it's a vessel that gives access to the content. What's more important, the vessel or the content? The content. Would it make sense if I go and I adorn this box, put all these precious jewels on? And then inside, maybe there's like mold and maybe Kleenex that somebody blowed his nose on three times and, and it's sick. And does it, does, it, well, does it make sense that I would adorn the outside and not care about the inside? And that's how the Lord looks, by the way. When the Lord looks, when he, when, for instance, when he was looking at who would be suited to be the mother of the Messiah, he was looking, do you think he was looking at the outer beauty or the inner beauty? Inner beauty. And this is one of the virtues that we need to talk, we will talk about a little today. And, and not only in St. Mary, but when you even look in the Old Testament, when Samuel came to Jesse's home to anoint the next king of Israel, Jesse had eight children. And then Samuel went, walked in, and, and then the first you know, Jesse thinks the strongest son, that's he's going to be the one for, the, for it to be the king. And he parade, he had eight children. He parade the first one. And then, you know, the prophet says, no, 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 no. Samuel says, no, 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 that's not it. He's not, that's not him. And then Jesse says, are you sure? He's, he's the strongest. He's the, he's the oldest. This must, he goes, no, 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 no. He brings the second child, the third and the fourth and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh child. And then Samuel says, That's, the Lord doesn't tell, he's, not, he's not telling me any of them are going to be suited to be kings. And then he asks, you know, Jesse, do you happen to have another child? He goes, yeah, I have one more. It happens to be this young boy, his name is David, and he's a shepherd. You really want to look at him? He goes, yes, I want to bring him. I'm not going to sit down. When you look in Samuel, in 1 Samuel, it says, I'm not going to sit down until you bring him. So they bring him, David, this little shepherd boy, and he says, that's the one. That's the one. And when you hear what the, the Lord speak and say to Samuel in 1 Samuel 16, 7, it says this. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at the, his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. He's talking about the older one. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outer appearance, focuses on the outer beauty. But the Lord looks at what? What? I can't hear you. The heart. The Lord looks at the heart. 
And if God, the Lord, looks at the heart, we as children of the Lord, we need to focus at the content. And, and no, I'm not telling you to uh, ignore the vessel, ignore that. No, but we need to focus on the content. And a lot of times we don't focus on the content. The reality of life. The outside beauty fades. Take a look at your, the pictures of your grandparents when they're young and when they are. Take a look at pictures of you five years ago. You sure you we the outer beauty fades, and the reality of life. You know when when it's time for you to seek a, a, a spouse, a godly man and a godly woman. I really encourage you because that's what the Lord looks at. He looks at the inner beauty because He knows that the inner beauty is lasting and it does not corrupt. And the reality of life is that we need to look at the inner beauty when we're seeking a spouse and not completely focus on the outer beauty. And, and as is this picture, no matter how handsome or how beautiful a person is, fades. It fades. So let's take a look about this inner beauty. It comes up where St. Peter teaches us about inner beauty. And it comes out in the content of 1 Peter 3, where the Lord, well, well St. Peter is basically teaching the people on how to deal with a spouse that is a non-believer. It came at a point when the church is new. Say two people were married, and then Christianity is spreading. One of them accepts the Lord as a savior and is baptized in the church. And then the, the other spouse may not, is not accepting, he's still a non-believer. And this is what the content is saying, is that if a spouse has a spouse that is still non-believer, and this is what it's teaching us in 1 it says this, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husband, that even if some do not obey the word, in other words, if some are non-believers, they, that spouse, without a word, without you nagging him, he may be one by the conduct of, your, of the wives. So in other words, if a husband is a non-believer, just by the action and the acts of the spouse, of the wife, that person, that husband that is a non-believer may be won uh, by the conduct of the spouse, of the wife. How? When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. But then right after that, this is the place that he, spoke, he speaks about. I just wanted to give you the content. In verse 3, he says this. Do not let your adornment be merely outward. We really focus a lot on the outward. The arranging of the hair, the wearing of the gold, and putting on fine apparel. A lot of times people will say, oh, does that mean, Abuna, we should not do our hair? We should not put on the you know, outer you know, gold? or It's not a sin. Because, it, but the bottom line is that it's not a complete, your 100 focus is you're on your hair, you're wearing. In other words, if your hair is making you late to church, that's something, that's something that needs to be considered. Spending too much time to do your hair, that's bigger focus than the important things. Uh, so it doesn't say that you're, you, we ought to take care of ourselves. We ought to take care of our hair. Because, you know, you can't say that the Lord says, don't take care of your hair. Because if you do with that thinking, if he says, no, it says here, do not take care of your hair. Do not wear gold. But then it would say also, do not put fine apparel. Do not wear. Do not wear anything. That's not what, it, what the Lord is saying. Saying, no, wear these, take, you know, take care of yourself. But that should not be your 100 focus, 100% focus. 
So what is it? So he gave like three things that you got to be careful that you don't focus on. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. And this is what the Lord is seeking whenever he chose the king, whenever he chose the mother of the Messiah, St. Mary. He looked at the heart. And the thing is, the like versus physical beauty, which corrupts, which fades away. It says here, rather, your hidden person of the heart is incorruptible. It does not corrupt. In other words, when you're married to someone and you're attracted to his inner or her inner beauty, when you're 60, 70, 80 years old, that attraction is still there because it's the inner beauty that it says here. It's not a corruptible. So rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart, which is the incorruptible beauty. And what is the incorruptible beauty? And here it's very clear. St. Peter teaches us. It's a gentle and a quiet spirit. Gentle and a quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. So in other words, us having that gentle and quiet spirit is very precious in the Lord. And one of the things that I ask is that maybe if you're lacking in that, maybe ask through the intercession of St. Mary, Lord, give me that gentle and quiet spirit. Grant me this gentle and quiet spirit because that's, that's, the inner, that's part of the inner beauty. And, 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 and focus on that. And when we say gentle and, and quiet, it doesn't mean that somebody that, that, you know, that somebody is running all over. No, when we say meek or gentle, it's somebody that is, con, con, is able to control his temperament. In other words, when there is a storm in the midst of your home, how is your inside? Is the inside is going to be also stormy or the inside is going to dispense quietness and gentleness? You see an argument between parents and an argument between spouse or, or brothers and sisters. Your gentleness, the, the content of your vessel should appear, should be dispense this, this beauty in the sense that you see a storm, the inside is still gentle, it's still quiet. I'm not, I'm not going to let the, 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 the circumstances or the outside uh, environment impact my inside gentleness and quiet spirit, that it's always calm. That everyone that sees you, in spite of what you're going through or whatever your home is going through, there is always a gentle and a quiet spirit. And this is really important for households and, 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 and for, for you to prepare when, you're, when the Lord blesses you with a godly husband and a God, or a godly wife. That there's always gentle, this is inner beauty, incorruptible. There's no matter what's happening, Baba or Mama, very gentle and a quiet spirit. Deal with the problem in love, not with a higher tone, not with anger. And if it's happening, well, if the content is, is distorted and if there's stuff, clean it out. You have an opportunity to work on it now. Where does this, you know, this gentleness and quiet spirit? Well, it takes practice sometimes. It actually, it asks, pray for it. Ask and you shall receive. But it's important that you, we, we, we change things. We don't allow things a status quo. If there is storm inside, and every time I open my mouth, the storm is revealed, and, and, and all the, you know, whatever, raising of the voice. No, I need to work on the inside. Pray for it. Ask for the Lord's intercession. Read scriptures. So question for each one of us, how is our gentle and quiet spirit? And where does it come? It comes from quiet time with the Lord. 
be still, uh, you know, and I'm the Lord. Uh, be still, have, spend quiet time, read scriptures, make sure that you pray, get on your knees often and pray. Pray, use Agbeya. Make sure you take the Eucharist regularly. These are all cleansing things. You know, like for instance, if there is mold inside, you can actually use bleach and bleach will clean it up. No matter how dirty it is, you can still clean it up. So ask yourself if the outside shell, if the vessel is open, if it's open like this, how is the content? How is the content? If the content is there is, 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 there's a lot of things that, that needs to be worked. There's no gentleness and no quietness in the spirit. Pray for it. Seek for your father of confession and talk to him. But it's important that you actually act on it because the Lord, that's how the Lord looks. And I encourage people that are seeking spouses to also do that. I'm not saying neglect the outside, but also focus on that. That's important. A gentle and quiet spirit. So I ask that you think and pray, Lord, Give me that gentle and quiet spirit. Because the outside is evidence of the inner feel, if the inner attitude. If there is a storm, you're going to see a storm. If there is a storm inside, that person, whether he's at home, at work, at school, on the basketball field, he's always angry. He's always yelling. He's always upset. That, that, that That's how he's known it. Well, even if that's the case, there's opportunities for us to change and pray for the, the Lord will change our inner, our inner heart. So unless peace rule our inner, the outer cannot live it. The, the, if, if the peace is not in our inner heart, the outer cannot live it because it's the, the content, the vessel gives access to the content. It basically reveals what's inside. So one of the things that we, you know, that, that I'll share with you a couple of verses here. It goes on, by the way, the, the, in, in St. Peter, he says, for in this manner, in former times, in the old days, the holy women trusted in God also adorned themselves. So in other words, when you look at Sarah or the, 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 the holy women trusted in God and adorned themselves by gentleness and quiet spirit. The thing is, and we're not saying neglect the outside. St. Timothy teaches us that. In 1 Timothy 4.8, it says this, physical exercise has some value. This is important to take care of your outer. Yeah, yes, it's important. It has some value. But then godliness, which is your spiritual exercise, your prayer life, your scripture reading, your meeting with your father of confession, your Eucharist, your serving him, is much more important. But godliness is much more important. Why? Because it promises a reward in both this life and the next. So in other words, your godliness, your spiritual exercise, your taking care of your inner beauty and your heart would actually give you a reward now and next, in this life and next, in this life and eternity. So think about it. The thing is, Luke, the Gospel of St. Luke as well teaches us the same thing. It says that a good man, and this is the Lord is speaking, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth goodness. So when there is good inside, the what's being dispensed is good. But then, and an evil man, out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil, dispenses evil, because that's what the inside is. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So when you open your mouth, it basically reveals the content. 
And it's important for us to live and to change the content and to make that content gentle and quiet spirit. In Matthew 23, 27, it says this when Christ is basically chastising the scribes and the Pharisees, and it's a good lesson for us to learn. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites. Why? Because he says, For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful and outwardly. So what happens is in the old days, they used to have these tombs, and they're very white, and they clean, and they go and they paint the outside. But then it says, but inside are full of dead man's bones and all uncleanness. And the question for each one of us, are we living that life like the scribes and the hypocrites, the Pharisees, where we take care of the outside and really make the outside look good, take, uh, you know, put our, all our fine apparel and focus on our hair, focus on only the outside appear, appearance and neglect the inside. And this is what, sent, what Christ was, you know, comparing it to if we actually do that. So I pray that through the intercession of St. Mary, that each one of us really evaluate our inner beauty. And that's what the Lord seeks. And if it needs work, and I know that we all need work until the last breath, we all will need to change our, our heart and, and, and a little, little, little by little, we, we are better people. That we regularly pray for that, Lord, give me that gentle and quiet spirit that St. Peter speaks about. And help me, Lord, and prepare me that to be a light. You know, last Sunday we were, we were celebrating the Feast of Transfiguration. And that, that our light would light with every, in front of, you know, light, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and they see in your inner in heart and glorify to uh, glorify your Father in heaven. May God bless us all with that gentle and quiet spirit through the intercession of St. Mary and all the glory be to our God forever. Amen.